Gridbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Did you know that half of America is single? Hollywood has never produced anything like this before. The Dating Project, a groundbreaking documentary that follows five single people, ages 18 to 40, as they search for authentic and meaningful relationships. There is no script. There are no actors. These are real people trying to find love and happiness in an age of swiping left or right. From Empower Pictures, Paulist Productions, Family Theater Productions, and Pure Flix. You can now own The Dating Project. Save the date by visiting thedatingprojectmovie.com and go a step further and help others in your circle date differently by partnering with Ascension Press. Visit shop.ascensionpress.com to acquire the companion study guide. The Dating Project movie is now available on DVD and digital download on Amazon, iTunes, and Walmart. Please visit thedatingprojectmovie.com for details. We'd like to thank all of you who have supported us thus far with your prayers, words of encouragement, and now your financial support. If you would like to support us with a monthly or one-time gift, please head over to thrivinginthetrenches.com support us page. And guys, we really do appreciate all of your help. God often allows opportunities to present themselves, but He expects us to use our heads and to listen to the Holy Spirit. We are women encouraging and equipping women to universally and uniquely serve Christ in our feminine vocation. By embracing joy, laughter, freedom, and friendship, we are seeking to thrive in the trenches of our domestic churches. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. This is Becky Carter. And this is Megan Schreiber. You're listening to episode number 49. And we're continuing our summer series where we are highlighting women that inspire us. And today we have a very special guest joining us. Christine Franklin is on the line with us. Christine is the award-winning author of a dozen children's books. She's written for Envoy, New Covenant, and Our Sunday Visitor. Christine was a co-producer of the popular EWTN series, Household of Faith, and now that we're Catholic, and has been a guest on both The Journey Home and The Abundant Life television programs. She's an occasional conference speaker and now a podcaster. Christine has worked in Catholic radio and now produces and hosts the podcast Hello and Welcome. So guess what? We get to say that to you, Christine. Hello and welcome. Well, hello and welcome. Thank you for having me on, Becky Megan. It's great. Yeah, we are super excited to have you. I, I I have a feeling this is going to be a very fun episode, and we're going to have just plenty of laughs. But before we start laughing our way through the podcast, 
we, I would love to have you just give a, a little introduction, let people know a little bit about you, maybe family. Um, obviously, you were on the journey home, so you're a convert. Just a, just a little blip about, about you. Okay, so you want the elevator version, the coffee version, or I guess we don't have time for the encyclopedic version. <laughs> I can give you the the quickie version is I was raised as a fundamentalist evangelical and uh, grew up and went to Bible college and wanted to be a missionary. So I met and married a wonderful man who also wanted to be a missionary, and we ended up as missionaries in Guatemala um, after a year of language school. So yes, Hablo español. <laughs> and so we uh, we got to Guatemala. We were missionaries, and while we were in missionary, while we were missionaries in Guatemala, I was for the first time con- confronted with some of the basic philosophical underpinnings of my belief system, and found them faulty. And um, just one thing, I was raised on the idea that the Bible alone, the Bible is all you need in order to know everything you need to know about God and to get to heaven to be a Christian, to live a Christian life, and to go to heaven. But I was living in a country with 50% illiteracy. So I had the question, what about the people who can't read? How do they get to the Bible and understand it enough to get to God and live a godly life? And even, like, how do they even do theology? I've been raised on this stuff. I've been educated in this. I have a whole lifetime of Bible and scripture and sermons and college. What about the illiterate? What about them? Wouldn't God make a way for everybody to come home to him, whether they could read or not. And that was just one of the big questions that I started to have when I was working as a missionary. My husband and I talk about everything. So, of course, we were talking about those things together. Also, just the fact that there were so many versions of Christianity and so many conflicting things being taught, like women can be pastors. No, women can't be pastors. You got to speak in tongues if you're born again. No, you shouldn't speak in tongues because maybe that's from the devil. Um, You should baptize your babies. No, you shouldn't baptize your babies. It it was just like craziness. And for the first time, I saw it up close for what it was. And it didn't make me disbelieve in God. It just made me feel like for the first time, maybe the problem isn't with me and my understanding. Maybe there's something wrong with the system. I had no idea that I would end up Catholic. That was a couple of years down the road. But those questions and that experience as a missionary really brought me to the questions I needed to ask to find my way home to the Catholic Church. That's the nutshell. Little more than an elevator. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, usually we we roll right into the topic, but I mean, you are the topic. We asked you to be on because you're somebody who inspires us. And I'm just so curious, when you're going through something like that, were you and your husband equally yoked in that process or, you know, was he kind of pushing back or were you, were you both being led equally? I would say we were being led differently. Um, We... I came out of the missionary experience. We eventually resigned from our mission. And we came back to America, and my husband took a job teaching public high school. And um, at that time, we sort of went around from church to church. Like, you know, where where should we go? Where will we fit in? And in Guatemala, a couple of times, we'd been to an Episcopalian or an Anglican church, because that's what my husband was raised. And he said, well, let's just go back to that. And being in a liturgical setting for the first time where we knelt and we went up to a rail for communion, and um, I watched an infant baptism for the first time, I started realizing how much I didn't know about the history of Christianity. I knew like from Luther on, you know, and I knew up to the apostles, but there was this big gap. And so 
I'm a voracious researcher. It's one of my mad skills, as my kids would say. Um, and so I wanted to know, what's the answer to this? My husband, on the other hand, was very busy in a new job and doing public high school. But he would listen and we would talk and I would say, well, what about this and what about that? And he'd say, well, honey, I just, I just do not have the time to read all these books, but download them for me. <laughs> so we, I would, and we were talking together, kind of like, this isn't working. This Protestantism, it's like, we're defined by what we're not. That doesn't make sense to me. And mm-hmm. you know, eventually, this was in the days of dial-up internet, remember AOL? You've got mail. <laughs> so, I, you know, I went into this chat room. I began to think, uh, I read uh, Thomas Howard's book, Evangelical is Not Enough. I read, um, that's probably the first book that I read. And I went into a chat room sort of hesitantly, like, ooh, well, at least this is kind of this cool, completely anonymous thing. And I went into a chat room that was Catholics visiting with each other. And I said, um, I'm not a Catholic, uh, but I have some questions about stuff like, what's the deal with Mary? And, you know, and I had a couple people answer me. And then one time I was in there kind of sneaking around, uh, this person wrote back to me and he said, hi, I, I work for an organization called Catholic Answers. My name is Pat Madrid, and I'd love to answer your questions. <laughs> so that's awesome. we were both young <laughs> mm-hmm. and we, that's how we became friends. And, um, was Pat Madrid and I met in a chat room and we'll <laughs> tell that story because it sounds so sketchy now. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and as I, you know, as I studied, because I was at home with the kids and um, I was able to talk to my husband about it and, and really feel, starting to feel the pull, um, I bought a, a, a copy of the catechism and I actually had them double bag it so that no one who knew me, we live in a really small town, would see me with this book. So I snuck it home and I stuck it in the bottom of my cedar chest and I didn't tell my husband that I had it. And so um, I'd been talking to him about Sola Scriptura. I'd listened to some Scott Hahn tapes and I, maybe I'd read a book or two, but I was really starting to think there's a lot of holes in what I was brought up on. And my husband was kind of more like, he believed in God, but he would say, and these are his words, he would say, I was sort of becoming a Christian agnostic. Yeah, I believe in God and Jesus, but you know, I'm not sure you can be sure about the, the details of it. Um, and we did a lot of home church, which is where you stay home. He plays the guitar. We sing songs, pray and read the Bible with your kids and you don't have to go anywhere. We did that a lot. But um, one day he was home sick, really sick home from school. And he has to be really sick to stay home from school. And he was upstairs. He was so sick. He was in bed. And I said, honey, you know, I haven't told you this before and I shouldn't keep secrets from you, but I bought a catechism. It's like, it's like the Catholics, what they believe, you know, the horse's mouth. He's like, oh, he wasn't upset at all. So, um, he just started leafing through it. I left him upstairs. Pretty soon I hear, whoa, Hey! I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's dying. I run upstairs. Honey, what's up? He goes, this is true. This is good. And it's like, what are you reading? He goes, I'm reading about marriage and sexuality and what sex is for and what marriage is for. And he goes, this is the clearest and truest and most beautiful thing I've ever read. He said, this is true. So it was like a, a moment for him. See, I hadn't even read that. I only wanted to look up Purgatory and Mary. Right. That wasn't on my radar, but, you know, we're different. So um, after that, what he said is, what he said to me that was so precious was, you know, I think I'm headed toward the Catholic Church, but I'm not, I don't have the time right now to study it like you are. So you have my blessing to become a Catholic. Hmm. So my little son, who's now a professor at Hillsdale College, he was in fifth grade. 
And while I'd been listening to these Scott Hahn 10 tape series on Sola Scriptura and, you know, all these arguments, the, the fourth cup and all this stuff, my little son would come after, after school and he'd just be playing Legos on the living room floor. So one day, uh, one day we were having a discussion at dinner about being Catholic and going to Catholic, the Catholic Church. And my little boy pipes up and he goes, Dad, you know, Sola Scriptura isn't even in the Bible. So, you know, we realized our kids were soaking it in and that they were getting it and we were getting it. And so one day we just looked at ourselves at each other and my husband said, well, I guess we need to call a priest. And I said, I'm not calling a priest. And he said, well, I'll call the priest. And I said, are you sure? We had to flip for it because neither one of us wanted to call a Catholic priest. Plus our Catholic <laughs> priest was the pa- priest was Irish and we know they hate Protestants, right? So... We just had this little, you call him. No, I'll call him. I'll call him. Okay, you do it. So we finally did. And, you know, we went in and the priest sat down. We sort of told him this crazy story of our lives. And he just kept nodding and nodding. I'll call him, you know. He says, well, welcome home. Hmm. Only the Holy Spirit could bring two people like you to me. So it was wow. cool. It was, it, was, um, <laughs> it was wonderful. They rushed us. We didn't have to go through our CIA. Um, they made us meet with the priest the young priest, the new priest right out of seminary. And it was so unlike like how a Baptist minister would treat you, you know, who'd be like all friendly and we're so glad you're joining the church. You want to sing in the choir. You want to teach Sunday school. That would, be, that would be my experience. You know, let's kneel down and pray right now and become Catholics. No, this priest sits behind a desk. He leans way back and he goes, we will begin with the natural law. <laughs> just like that. I want to know about rosaries and what's a novena. And he's like, he just held up his hand. We will begin with the natural law. And my husband is like, oh yeah, the natural law. Yes. <laughs> so we kind of came at it differently. And, and we did enter the church at the same time. But I would not say our hearts were in the same place all along that journey. Like we were twinsies because we're different. But the children were excited. Everybody was happy to become Catholic. Nobody has ever looked back. Both kids are married to Catholics, practicing their faith. My daughter is gives spiritual direction to other women. I mean, God did it all. And my children have thanked us for becoming Catholic when we did. All good, all beautiful. And I just love being a Catholic. And I can barely stand not talking about it. So, so there. I, that is... <laughs> Awesome. You know what? I, I, I just have to comment. First of all, you're a great storyteller. And, and I loved hearing this. I kind of want to just like hang on and just let you kind of take over. But, um, you know, when I, when I asked that question and your answer is, well, we did it differently, but it was simultaneously. But, you know, what, I, what I'm hearing in that story, too, is just that, that intimacy of God the Father, knowing each of his children, he was working in your husband one particular way and in your heart in, in one way. And yet you were literally walking you were walking the same path. And so I encourage our listeners who sometimes might think like, well, you know, I'm doing it this way. And my husband just must not be on the same page because he's not even, he's not even doing it the way I'm doing it, right? Mm -hmm. That we Mm -hmm. had to remember that God, God has them and loves them so intimately and deeply and is leading them along as well. So I love that you animated that and highlighted that in that story. So one of the last things you just said was that you just can't help but talking about this. So I'm wondering if, if that's part and parcel to perhaps your calling to be in radio, was that part of that? 
Oh, well, my major in college was communications. So anything I can do with talking makes me happy. And if I can talk about my favorite subject, I'm double happy. Um, I, I've done, I did lots of public speaking and teaching. Um, but then when I was a new Catholic, I was the third person on the journey home because I knew Marcus in Maryland and they were everybody was getting ready, getting, it was a brand new show. And so he called his friends. Okay. So I get a call. We got this new show going on EW10. Will you come down and will you be on the show? So Scott Hahn and Tom Howard and then me. And so we're sitting at the table and Marcus said, do you want to take real calls? Because so far we've just done fake calls. (laughs) And I said, yeah, let's bring it on. Let's have real calls. So we were really nervous and everything, but that's how, that was my first TV. And while I was there, I met with a young man, who said, you know, we need to do something that keeps Catholics in the church. Catholics who are in the church, because you've been in a country where it's really easy to get Catholics out of the church. And it's true. It's Mm -hmm. really easy to get Catholics out of the church. And he said, what do Catholics need to know in order to stay in the church? And so from those notes and that, and then months went by, and um, he asked me, would you do a show aimed at keeping people in the church, the basics. And I said, yes, but I don't want to do it alone. I have this friend named Rosalind Moss, and I want to ask her to do it with me. So I called her, and I think she was a rental agent somewhere in New York, working at, you know, we had both come into the church at the same time. We had met at a coming home network thing at Steubenville. And I said, Roz, would you do this TV show with me? And she said, I never make mistake. I never make decisions on the fly, but this one I will. And she said yes. So that's what that's how it started. And she, you know, God is at work and in every little thing. So I did radio. I did TV, and then I did a lot of speaking at conferences. And it was it was turning out that I was being gone a lot. And my daughter, who was about twelve at the time, said, "Mom, I miss you so much when you're gone that I just quit." It's like you know what. I need to, I got one daughter. She's going to be this age for, you know, only once. I kind of got out of it for a while, did some writing. And then um, I did a podcast in the year of mercy. I'm just fascinated by technology. So in the year of mercy, I did a podcast called Mercy Unwrapped. I just did it out of my own pocket. I interviewed uh, 52 or 53 different people who had some amazing story of God's mercy, guys from Courage, um, a mom who's had as many miscarriages as she's had live births, uh, a woman who has struggled with alcoholism, um, just all kinds of people, uh, even from different parts of the world. And um, it had it, it was really well received, but I just kind of did that on my own. It's still out there if anybody wants to look it up. Um, and it was pretty expensive to do it myself. So when the year of mercy was over, you know, I wasn't really thinking about doing any more. I got a call from Immaculate Heart Radio and they asked me, would you be willing to, um, consider doing a show that's kind of news and, um, current events and that kind of thing. And I talked two or three times to the guy and, and at the and it was a good salary and you know it was a day it would have been a daily two hour live talk show. I didn't feel called to do politics and issues. And it's like, no, I don't want to have to submerge uh, submerge myself in daily news. That kind of makes me anxious. And I'd rather talk about Jesus and life and you know. So I turned him down. 
So a few months later, I got another call and they said, well, we're looking for a co-host for another show. Would you come out and work with him and do a few shows together? And so we did. And I felt like, no, I, you know, I like this guy a lot, but I don't want to be working. This is going to sound soul fashion. I don't want to be working so closely with someone else's husband. It just felt weird to me. So I told the president of the, we went out for breakfast and I said, I know this is going to sound really weird and maybe unprofessional. I'm not comfortable working on a daily basis that closely with someone, you know, as close as you would be with, you know, you're texting all the time, you're talking on the phone all the time. I said, it just feels weird to me. And he said, I'm glad you said that because my wife told me the same thing this morning at breakfast. I said, well, thanks for the offer. I really appreciate it. Um, I just don't think God has asked me to do this. That afternoon, they offered me my own show. felt like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. And they, they gave me training, expensive training, by one of the best radio consultants in the world, Valerie Gellert. Um, if you haven't read her book, read it, Powerful Radio. Um, you just, they did everything they could to make it and let me spread my wings and do it my way, which was wonderful. It was a wonderful working environment. So... When Relevant and Immaculate Heart merged, um, most of us uh, lost our jobs. So after a few months, I thought, well, maybe I could do a podcast. I'm trained. I know how to do this. I know how to speak to people. And also, the statistics show us that radio is not reaching a certain demographic. It's not reaching the 25 to 35-year-old. They're not listening to the radio, certainly not AM radio. So although radio can say, we've got, we know, we have, we can reach... 300 million Americans. Well, that's only if they tune in, you know? And so I thought, well, I'll try a podcast. Me and 2 million other people podcasting. I won't have any competition, will I? <laughs> so I didn't have any money this time. So I did a Kickstarter. And on the last day, one hour before it ended, somebody paid for more than half of the budget that wow. I set up. I have enough money to go through October. And then the Lord will need to do a money miracle. And if he does, he does. We'll keep going. If he doesn't, we'll be done. And that will be his plan for us. So that's kind of the story. I love communicating uh, the gospel, the practicalness of Catholic life, the truth, uh, the mercy, the love. And I, I really hope to reach people that are a little eh about their faith. They're kind of like, yeah, we're Catholics, but we really should know more about our faith and we don't. Um, I don't talk about politics. Um, I don't talk about a lot of hot button issues, more like, how do you know if you're in a toxic relationship or what does a godly relationship look like? What are your friends? What are your friends like? Who are you hanging out with? How do you learn to accept how you look? Um, how do you know, understand how you approach spending money? These sort of the topics that are on people's minds and that gives me a lot of joy and makes me happy. <laughs> well, and you can tell, I mean, your energy level goes up and your, your voice is very animated. And, and I, I mean, I really could listen to you all day. You have a, you have a wonderful voice and a wonderful way of communicating. So all the training, all the studies you have done, they really pay off and the Lord is using you in, in beautiful ways. And I'm just thankful for your yes. And just sitting here and I'm listening to you, all the things that you said no to, that it's so hard for us to say no to, all the opportunities, you know, saying no, because yeah. you know, I'm not really sure about being so chummy with this guy that 
is, I don't know, we're both married to other people. I know. You're seeing the near occasion of what who knows what. Be and yeah. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, just that wisdom and, and the willingness to say no to opportunity. Yeah. Um, it, it really is a beautiful witness that so many of us need to hear and be reminded of. So well, I feel like, I feel like we, God often allows opportunities to present themselves, but he expects us to use our heads and to listen to the Holy Spirit. And in that example, the, the, the guy is a great guy and happily married. And I am very happily married. But I even thought, you know, people are going to hear us on the radio together every day, the two of us, shucking and jiving. And it, there's a relationship that forms. And I don't want anybody to ever even think, you know, anything. But I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And that night, the night when I needed to make a decision, I was actually in the shower. And it's like, what is it about? It's like, I need to say no. Ah, uh, that's kind of disappointing. But it also felt I need to say no. And now I know why. And then it was just like, well, nope, I can't do this. Thank you so much. And I, there wasn't much wrestling. It was just a matter of putting my finger on it. And I think that's true in a lot of things in life that we don't listen to the red flag. We don't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We don't, we rather, we see that salary, you know, like for mm-hmm. me, I've never been paid that much in my life ever. And it was really a big deal. Like, oh my gosh, that would like double our income. But at what cost, you know, just, it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's not about the money. It's not about fame. I don't care about fame. Um, it's about being obedient to God and listening to the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't hard. Those were not hard no's to say, honestly. Hmm. Well, and and saying no and, and doing God's will and being obedient, that's where the true joy and the true freedom is. And we talk about that so much on our podcast, you know, a joy and freedom being two of our four pillars. So I think that that's just a wonderful illustration for me to hear again. And I'm sure there's you know, a couple of other listeners out there who will be encouraged again to and affirmed and be reminded to to listen to that that still small voice. Yeah. I, I have a funny story to tell you that I hadn't told you before because I wanted you to hear it <laughs> first and foremost. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm a revert, and um, when I was coming back to the church, we found, of course, Journey Home, and I love that show. I can't tell you how much I love that show. I cannot tell you how much I've learned from that show. And when you're going through that conversion process, hearing other people, how they processed it, the emotions, the uh, living situations that they had to deal with, the rejection, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody's journey is uh, a lot the same, but very different all at the same time. And anyway, I listened to your story. So uh, as I've watched your journey home. It was I don't know how many years ago, so it's it's fun to get to hear it, you know, again, and I'm sure you told it very differently back, you know, what was that, 15 years ago? Uh, farther. <laughs> 20. Farther. Is it, is it 25 years? I think it's 25 years old. Is that right? Well, it's there at the beginning, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, so your story... 25 years ago gifted gifted me five years ago and so I just I I thought that that would be something fun 
to share with you just another consolation of how God is still working in your story and 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 still is today. So uh, I just thought that would be something fun to to share. I, I appreciate you sharing that. You know, I I love to think that I live in reruns in my at my thirty five year old self. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's me in reruns. But you know that God uses this technology for so much good, you know, and St. John Paul II, his encyclical or his, his exhortation or whatever, his letter to communicators, use the technology, put this technology to work and use it for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe in that. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of bad stuff out there, but we have the words of eternal life because we have the word and any way we can get it out in any form, we can get it out. Oh, it's just awesome. It's awesome what you're doing. We're all, you know, we're all workers in the field, you know. And the great thing about, about being Catholic is that we have so much freedom as lay people to follow what the Lord asks us to do. And you're doing it your way, and I'm doing it my way, and other people are doing it their way. And that's just, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's great. I don't want to keep harping on your wisdom, but we, we should probably <laughs> kind of tap into it. Well, I am but, old, so that's yeah, okay. No, no, no. And I, I mean that with, with real honesty. I understand what you're saying. Just needed to put your finger on that particular situation where you felt that you should say no. It's so hard to not get dollar signs in your eyes where we can wrestle with that. Like, but is this what God's, is this, is this the prayer that God's answering for, for us financially that we've been saying, I hope I get mm. that job. And those are the type of discernments that Catholics really wrestle with because we know that if if Satan can't get us off the game by tempting us in some sort of a, a sin, he's going to distract us. And, and how easily that could have potentially been more of a distraction to the wrong thing. So there, there were a couple things that I'm seeing too, is the, the openness and willingness to listen to the Holy Spirit, the courage to, to say no, even if it meant the bank account was going to suffer for a bit. And then, and then the perseverance and the patience to wait. And that just is really a reflection of your trust in God too in that. So just, you know, I know you're kind of just sharing it as a little bit of a story and we're we're amazed by that. But I think anybody who's who's wrestling with any type of decision where they've been praying about it and they've been asking for God's word and you know, just to hear you talk about that is will help somebody. I mean, it might not be the same exact situation, but helps them break through that. And if they can put their finger on it and then to trust that the Lord is going to be there, either to fill the gap or to give you the grace to get through the decision. Yeah. I really, I really like that. Well, it's interesting because we're realizing this this world is is small in some ways and then extraordinarily vast in others. And we have another project Becky and I work on with our friend Dr. Carrie Grass, which is called Helena Daily. And uh, we essentially it's an aggregate site where we curate really the best content out there. And we featured one of your podcasts. And interestingly enough, uh, it was with Tim O'Malley. And we had Tim on our podcast uh, months ago when he had um, he was launching the a Board Again Catholic. And then in turn, at, at one point when I was out at Notre Dame, he had me on his show. And oh, here we are, we're kind of circling back and now you're on our show. But w the topic that you discussed was uh, infertility and to hear from the male's perspective. And I just, 
we just thought it was so important we had to get that on Helena Daily. So I, I love that you're, uh, you know, talking about things and finding those right people that can lend a voice to areas that might not be talked about. So I, I, we, we love that episode. We just wanted you to, to hear oh, that. Oh, thanks. Well, I've interviewed Tim before, um, his, you know, on the radio, and uh, I, he's just a really neat, he's just a, I don't want to call him a kid. That's yeah. so wrong. <laughs> he's the same age as my yeah. son. He's, like, he's such a nice young man and so smart and, you know, so able to articulate in such a beautiful way what his suffering as the infertile man part of the, you know, marriage, how it, how it grew him and, um, and his wife. And I just thought that was really beautiful. Um, my son and his wife have also struggled and have adopted a child. But I thought it would be a lot harder to get my own son on there because I'd probably be all blubbery. But, you know, I knew with Tim that it would be just a really beautiful episode. And my biggest, my, my episodes that, of Hello and Welcome that get the biggest down, number of downloads are often the guy one. So I had ones called Dad, Teach Your Kids. And it's about fathers taking responsibility for the catechesis of their sons. And, um, you know, I've got another one coming up uh, in the line that's about male friendship. Are you modeling male friendship to your boys? Or are you avoiding it because somebody might say or think or wonder if you're gay? I mean, that's the culture we live in. And so we have to address these things. And from a Catholic point of view, of course, parents are responsible for the catechesis of their children. It's easy to just think, okay, Baltimore Catechism, who made me? God made me. No, it's so much more than that. It's like, who am I as a man? Who am I as a woman? Um, and those those issues are all part of catechesis, are all part of raising a child. And so I try to hit on on topics that are helpful to men and women, because we're in this thing together and we need to understand each other. And I don't know if women are downloading those and saying, honey, you got to listen to this. But I do know that I get a lot of hits on those, uh, on the guy ones. I call them the guy ones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those are great. And they're good topics. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a huge, huge topic. So question, who is your demographic audience? I would say my demographic is probably, I know I have some young unmarried women, uh, probably about 25 to 40, I would say. Mostly women, but I know I have guys because they write to me. So they're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I have listeners in India, in Ireland, England, Canada, Ukraine, Mexico, um, Germany. So... It's starting. The word is starting to get out. Every month, a few more downloads. Every week, I, I podcast twice a week. It comes out twice a week. So every time we drop an episode, it goes up a little bit, a little bit more, and a little bit more. So now we're on Alexa, and you know, <laughs> yeah, I Alexa. saw that. I was like, oh, okay. I'll look at that later to see if I can fun. Yeah, figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, is there? Is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners about why or what your particular podcast, um, Hello and Welcome, would be a good fit for them and it would be worth their time? Or tell them a little bit how long each episode is and what some of your, I, you've mentioned already some of your mm-hmm. topics, but. I would say, well, 
30 is the maximum. Usually they're between 25 and 30 minutes long, about, an, about a commute or a nice little jog. Um, they're usually on topics of marriage, relationship, friendship, uh, child rearing, um, or uh, anxiety. I talk a lot about anxiety, depression. I talk about money management. I talk about the saints as our examples. Um, like I've got, we've got the Feast of St. Monica coming up, and I talked about how to pray for your kids or anybody you love who's far from God. I just tell the story of St. Monica. I also uh, have people write in questions to me, and they write in things like, you know, um, what do I do with my dad? My mom is keeping my dad's ashes, and I know she shouldn't be, but I don't quite know what to say to her. So people have an opportunity to write in, and I'm kind of like the Dear Abby. I give them a, a good Catholic answer. I had one guy write in who has two very disabled children, um, and it's genetic. And their doctor said, you guys, you, know, you guys have a really good chance of having more disabled children if you have kids. And so he wanted to know if he could have a vasectomy. So that's a really great opportunity to explain what marriage is about and why the Catholic Church would say no. Why would the Catholic Church say no? That's so unreasonable, but it's not. It's beautiful. And so, you know, I get an opportunity to talk back to people. I don't do a live show. Um, I in, I've only interviewed a couple of people just because my summer's been kind of crazy. Um, but if my podcast goes on, if I get funding and this keeps going, I will be able to interview more people. But I just try to take small things like how to make a friend if you're shy. Or what if you're depressed a lot? What are some things you can do? How can depression lead you closer to God? Because a lot of people are depression, depressed. I talk about loneliness. I talk about uh, sharing in the loneliness of Christ. And what does that mean? It's like, yeah, you're lonely. I talk about happiness. Everybody wants to be happy. But we look for it sometimes in the wrong place. And that's what sin is, when we're looking to make ourselves happy in a way that actually hurts us. So it's very basic. I try to hit on the subjects that are pertinent to people's lives, relationships, money, marriage, dating. I did one on dating. Um, uh, communication, really important to me. I've got one coming up on how to fight fair. You know, um, another, a couple of them on uh, signs that your marriage may be floundering and what you could do at each one of those steps to not go to the next step. Uh, but I don't just talk to married people. I have, I have just friendship ones. Um, I did one on abuse, um, eating disorders, all, you know, kind of wow. everything. I sort of scour the news and I look for articles on forgiveness and gratefulness. And, you know, so maybe that sounds pretty general, but I often weave in Bible stories and saint stories or stories of people. I think we want to hear stories. We love to hear stories. Uh, we're no different than kids. We want to hear stories. And so I try to tell stories and communicate that way. So it's a short podcast. Um, it comes out twice a week. It can get on iTunes and, and Stitcher and Google Play and Alexa. Alexa, <laughs> play Hello and Welcome podcast. <laughs> It'll pop That's up. Great. The, latest, the latest episode will pop up. I've got a website, helloandwelcomeshow.com. And, you know, I'm open to people asking, you know, say, hey, why don't you talk about this? I'm working with two young people. My engineer is young. He's got one little kid and is working three jobs to try to buy a house. The, the gal who does my marketing, those little videos and all the graphics and stuff, she's married with two little kids and her husband's in school full time. So I'm, you know, I'm supporting a couple people here. 
and um, I'm open to what they say. You know, what's on your mind? You know, you're 25 and you're, you know, 30. And what are the things that are on your mind as a man, as a woman? So I, I sort of collect that stuff from young people, my kids. And what do you, you know, what are you worried about? What do you think about a lot? What are you stressed about? Um, we're really stressed out people. Social media, cutting back on social media. I've got a story coming up of a gal who completely gave up her cell phone and how that went. Um, I've interviewed uh, Dr. Nicholas Cardaris about screen addiction. So I talk about that some and how to know if you're too attached to your device. Just kind of everything from a Catholic point of view, from a Christian point of view. There's always a God door. No matter what the topic is, you can open a door to God with it. And so I don't hit really hard. It's not apologetics. It's not politics. It's not theology. I'm not a theologian and I'm not a priest. But I know the Bible. I know Jesus. I know the church is the true church of Jesus Christ. I'm a believer. And so I try to bring that passion to it and communicate to people, most of all, that they are precious and beloved and that God is just waiting for them to turn to him. Ooh, give myself shivers. Wow. And this is why you inspire us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really. This is why we, we wanted to have you on. This is great. So I know I'm going, I have a Google Play, so I'm not sure if, uh, if it, it does the same thing as Alexis, Alexa, but I'm going to have to try that out. Um, this has been uh, so great to have you on and such a blessing for us. So we thank you so much for sharing your, your wit, your wisdom, uh, and the, the wealth of knowledge that you have. So thank you. You are very welcome. It's my pleasure and my privilege, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Well, Becky, having Christine on was not only inspiring, because she certainly was inspiring to us, but really encouraging for me. And she's so smart. She knows what she's doing. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's 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 on it. She's on it. And you know, for for um those who may not know, she just was so sweet too because her her daughter is was taken to the hospital to deliver a baby and I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'd be so distracted if that were my daughter." But she just was so engaging and and what a storyteller. It was awesome. Love to have her. So, I I'm excited to be downloading and listening to to her podcast too. I know I was, as she was going through the the topics, I was thinking, ooh, I'd love to hear that one. And well, guys, we are so thankful that you joined us for another week here at Thriving in the Trenches. Remember that you can support us, keeping us going in our podcasting days, going to our support page at thrivinginthetrenches.com. You can have a one-time gift or you can choose to support us monthly in our gratitude would be immense. Again, you can also find us on Breadbox Media. But guys, we really are grateful to have all of you with us in the trenches. You can find show notes on thrivinginthetrenches.com. Please subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you can join the conversation. Thanks for coming. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. 
For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love.